Matt decided not to call into the podcast today because he didn't want to defend his 30 win regular season <laughs> prediction. I'm sure he'll no, I'll give him a break. Not, he's he's not he's, being he's, able to defend that. He's, he's taking today off because he's going to be responsible for liner notes this week. Well, good. Then I'm glad he gets to hear that ahead of time. <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to Episode 9 of Season 5 of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the State of Hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. And Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. I think Matt's taking a week off because he's got a little extra on his plate for editing this week. Um... And he'll be doing our liner notes this week. So he took the week off uh, this week as we prepare for Mankato East. I, I mean, Wisconsin. We'll also talk about MTU series with Alaska and other action involving the CCHA from last weekend. All right. Uh, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkeydental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech.net. All right, welcome back for the second half of the podcast. We're gonna, it's uh, just uh, Dustin's back, uh, actually in his office now. Rob's here. Uh, we let Todd go, but we're going to talk more about the Alaska series. Um, what were your impressions, guys, from the weekend? Ugh. Uh, not not great. <laughs> great. Friday you know, was not what we had hoped to see. <laughs> to, you know, one to... of the biggest things that I like Instat finally posted Saturday's game. And I think one of the biggest things that you can take away from all of it is, um, you know, how much Michigan tech was leaning on their young defensemen and how much, um, like, I know some people kind of laughed at me when I talked about experience with the guys that got put in the lineup Saturday compared to who was in the lineup Friday and how they don't have a ton of experience. And I'm like, well, it's more than nothing. You've got, uh, uh, I know uh, Matt Campbell played very well, I think, Saturday. Um, but it does feel like Chase Pietala is still trying to find himself. I think he's had some good moments, but he's, he's like all of the defensemen besides Jed it just feels like even even uh, throwing Trevor Russell in there, I don't know if his injury is still impacting him or whatnot, but it feels like all those guys, except for Jed, are struggling to make decisions fast enough for the game right now. Well, and it was a really disjointed first, too. I mean, the 
the amount of penalties in the first made made it just weird and slow. Mm-hmm. And then the second was just Alaska dominated for the most of it. I mean, there's no no other way to describe it. We we did not look like you know last year's team at all in in any aspect. Well, I mean, we we kind of shoved all our problems into the second period. We did that a lot last year. Yeah, well, this was worse. <laughs> we just paid for them all. That's the biggest yeah. difference. We I usually think. have the ability to come back from them as well at CM2, right? Yep. But no, Alaska looked like the better team by far on Friday night. It, was, it wasn't it was in any way. The, the energy was just missing, you know, from the team. It felt like things were slow. Uh, like you said, people were on the puck, you know, a little too long at times. Lots of turnovers, um, way more so than it, it felt like. Um, just a, a frustrating game to watch for the first, you know, big game of the year, if you will, at home. Yeah, and it and it was frustrating. Um, you know, one of the things Dirk pointed out uh, during the Saturday broadcast was they had like fifty some turnovers on Friday, and somehow Max Kos- Max Koski Purdy had none, which Correct. I think is pretty yeah. darn impressive for he's, a freshman. He's right? decent, like, <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's not like he's not carrying the puck either. He's he's it seems like he's the kind of guy who wants the puck on his stick at times too. So to have no yep. turnovers and be in possession as much as he was is is definitely a good thing. Mm-hmm. Big fan so far. Yeah, and then you know like Evan Orr getting injected into the lineup Saturday. I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. It really felt like he uh, made decisions fast enough and was was uh, did a really good job of calming that defense a little more on Saturday. They didn't really have that presence as much on Friday. And and it seems like he, you know, should have a pretty big place, at least until the freshmen are better. Like one of the more interesting things to me, let me confirm that I have that right. But I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So Nick Williams played almost 16 minutes against Duluth, uh, about 14 minutes Friday. He played one shift for 21 seconds on Saturday as the extra defenseman. And 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 then you also took out um, I forget who got taken out of the lineup. I think it was Trevor Russell um, from Friday to Saturday on the defense. So you're talking about two guys who played quite a bit. Those first two games were not there or not part of the team on Saturday. And Casper Vajaradio, you know, really ramped up his minutes. And then Evan Orr is like the uh, according to Instat is is our highest rated defenseman so far in the season. I don't really understand how their ratings work. It kind of feels like a pro football focus type number where I don't really know where it comes from and I don't really know how valuable it is, but it's hard to disagree with the top of the list saying Max Koski, Purdy, Kyle Kukunen, Ryan Mosley, Evan Orr, Logan Pietala. Like that that tracks with, with how I feel about the team so far. Um, one of the other things that was a big takeaway for me um that I have struggled to understand and the team finally did something about it um, is Patrick Mersenkevich is probably one of the best scorers on the team. And it was very confusing to me how he's not getting power play time. Now I know there isn't unlimited power play time to go around, but he seems like one of the few guys that you call a true finisher on the team so far. And to not have him out there at the moment where you need a finisher more than ever and you have an opportunity, like, if he's got defensive weaknesses, they can be mitigated on the power play because you've got an extra player out there. And the fact that he didn't get any power play time until 
the third period on Saturday night of the third game seems a little weird to me. And then we score 30 seconds into his first power play. Now, he didn't have a ton to do with that, but he did get the second assist on the goal and um, had a nice crisp pass back to, uh forget who it was, Kyle Kukunen, who passed it up to um, uh, Logan, who finished, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, and the power play's got its same struggles from last year. It feels like there's more skill there, but my biggest thing has been it doesn't feel like... Uh, it feels like we're too stagnant on the power play. We're not moving. We're not rotating enough to to try and create those mismatched angles where the, the defense is out of position and you've got a clear shot at goal or a clear opportunity to get it to the guy out front for a tip or whatever. Yeah, the movement seems slowish to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of uh, receiving the puck and waiting rather than quick one-touch passes. Yeah, because the whole point it, of the power play feels like it's supposed to be Driving, trying to get the, the point guys to shift between three of you until they're out of position. So you've got that clear shot from the point to get that rebound and hope that Logan or whoever's stationed out front can tuck it away when it comes off the goalie. Well, that's what that's what Logan's first goal was. I mean, it was yeah, bang, bang right in front on the power play. So, yeah. But and Saturday the, night was a completely different game. I mean, yeah, it. it uh, to reiterate what Jordy said, the effort is there. I think um, Saturday night it 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 was hard to see the effort because of all the mistakes. Um, but it definitely felt like Saturday night the energy and the effort were there, and it never felt like we were letting Alaska control the game. There might be stretches where Alaska had some adv- advantage, but it wasn't that uh, that sense of we can't even get it out of our end kind of stuff. I mean, we put Alaska on their heels using their timeout in the middle of the second period, right? I think it was. Yeah, it was somewhere in there. Um, no, it was It was good to see the just the difference from the two nights and, you know, a couple new players come in and actually make a big impact. Uh, you know, Nordstrom was all over the dang place. Yeah, he uh, definitely reminds me of, um, oh, shoot, I lost it. But he, you know, he he reminds me a lot of the the typical Uper recruit that had to just wait his turn and gets as soon out as there, he gets grind. that chance, as he grinds it out and puts all that effort, Rulo puts style, everything on the ice to try and help his team. Um, and I think he, you know, he's going to keep benefiting from that if he can keep doing that. I, I think that was great to see that. Yeah, the big. I'm I'm trying to find the video we're talking here. I mean, everyone knows about Logan's, you know number eight sports center move in the shootout that doesn't matter, but Kukunen had an absolutely disgusting move in the overtime that had he been oh. able to score on it would have been way better than number eight. Yeah. No, he had a, he had a sweet play there. <laughs> in overtime. Did you see that Dustin or not? No, I didn't get to see anything. I didn't get to see or hear anything because I was busy both nights. So I, I am going to find it and screen share at something. I don't know how well that will work uh, on here. If I screen share it, I watched the entire uh, Saturday game. Uh, at a hotel pool while my daughter was at a birthday party. Uh, so I sat there on my phone and watched the entire game off my phone. I'm just glad my phone didn't die because my battery pack was also dead already. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize that when I got there. So Yeah, I, I I don't have a whole lot to add because not being able to see or really even hear the game. I'm relying on you guys to 
tell me what happened. No, it was it was much much better. Uh, you know, the, the the tempo was better. I didn't feel like we got outshot. The one thing is we did win the faceoff battle in both uh, in That's both nice. games. Costco Pretty had a couple of really key draws as well um, it, during the, the the end of the third or the overtime period uh, that we got some decent shots off too. So it was nice to see a a face off directly transitioning into a offensive opportunity for us. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's been uh, a pleasant surprise is I honestly think um, we haven't scored yet, but we are definitely far more threatening and far more sound three-on-three than I've seen them be since three-on-three became a thing. I still hate three-on-three, but it's there and whatever. Uh, But it, uh, it it didn't look that bad. We did the keep possession of the puck, bring it back out, get changes. Um, yeah, that was it, a, that was when Discord kind of went crazy because we were the ones playing the keep away game while we changed. And I, right. that's the aspect I least like about three on three, but I also understand it. Mm-hmm. As you long know, as it's I mean, allowed, it's, it makes you got to play the. It's yeah, don't hate the player, hate the game situation, right? Yeah, you yeah. you have to <laughs> you have to deal with the fact that that's the way it is. But at the same time, I think three on three would be vastly improved with a you know, backcourt violation style rule where it's an off reverse offsides or something. If you bring it out of the zone in control. Yep. Um, <laughs> and what did you guys, did you guys follow other action? Uh, Dustin, you were at the St. Thomas game yeah. in, in uh, at the X, right? Yeah. I was uh, with my wife and son. We went up to St. Thomas, Minnesota game. That was Friday night at the XL energy center. And it was a ton of fun. It was an, an excellent hockey game to watch from the standpoint of not really having any true rooting interest. Yeah, there were a lot of roller coasters. That would have been far, yeah. that would have been very interesting as somebody who actually cared about the outcome, like uh, <laughs> some of the Gopher fans we know, or or any of the St. Thomas fans out there, like that. Yeah, that roller coaster of what Gopher scored the first two, then St. Thomas scored four straight. Four straight, I think. Yeah, and then the Gophers scored three in a row, and then. St. Thomas tied it, and then mm-hmm. the Gophers won an overtime right after St. Thomas missed a, a glorious scoring opportunity in yep. overtime. It was yeah, it was quite it was, a roller coaster. It was a it was a very very entertaining game, and it was um, a really awesome electric atmosphere um, for a game at the X where there was nobody in the upper level. Yeah, you kind of sure. have skeptical on on that going in, but. It didn't feel like that when we when I was at the game. It 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 was loud. Fans were very engaged, um, and it was a lot of fun. It's it helped great. that it helped that we got to sit in a suite, so <laughs> the, the kid can kind of just run around, and we didn't have to like really worry too much about about that. And yeah, that's why we're still trying to get a suite in Grand Rapids. I gotta bug that guy again. Um, yeah, St. Thomas definite like the fact I. Obviously, they lost Saturday. Was it two nothing, three nothing? I think it was two nothing. Um, so they lost Saturday without scoring at Mariucci, but it's still pretty impressive to see that team keep up with the Gophers and put up five goals on them. Like, how many teams are going to score five goals on the Gophers this year? Right, and they I can't I mean, imagine very many. They really, they really looked like they belonged on on Friday. They, they were not out of place playing against what might be the best team in the country. Um, I was, I was impressed with St. Thomas. Yeah. It's um, I, I think the biggest takeaway from this whole weekend of action is just how much 
the coaches and media have no idea what's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> because you're like, even from the CCHA perspective, you look at the results so far and uh, Ferris has played pretty well. I'm not sure they like, if I had to revote, I'm probably putting Lake state last, but right now I might have Bowling green seventh because they're in, they're in shambles. They're in shambles right now. And yeah. I don't know how, like it, it's it's a struggle to see how that changes when you've lost your coach, you've got three players out suspended, and you've lost your star player to the portal. Uh, like I would have hoped, I would have thought they would have more resiliency than that. But it's also understandable for them to be like as low as they are right now. Like it's got to be pretty demoralizing for the guys that are still practicing and playing to have lost like to be going into a season where you're picked third to lose your the ccha preseason player of the year like that that's got to be pretty demoralizing to them and what's going on at campus has got to be affecting them a ton and then you add what mankato did the saint cloud yeah and you're that's, like that was a big surprise i, I did not expect yeah. to see that uh saint cloud's been a decent team in the ncha yeah. the last few years and yeah mankato's a favorite again yeah <laughs> <laughs> suddenly suddenly they're back to the idea of their first till proven otherwise mm-hmm. right and yeah and then you throw in tech struggles as the preseason favorite and northern's inability to play defense at all against duluth over the that's weekend. a common that's a common theme with northern I it feel is like but it's still they haven't surprising. played defense for years i know um hey so, if, so you struggle to see they how actually, they can be top if yeah if they were actually a full member of the conference, Augustana would be in first place right now. Right. <laughs> Those games counted that way. I know this the CHN app has them in the in the conference, but it didn't count those games. So at least they got that part right. Yeah. I mean they are in the conference. They just the games don't count towards the conference standings. So I would think they would technically be an independent for two years, even if they're affiliate members th- yeah. these two years or whatever you want to call it but but It'll it also makes sense it also makes sense for chn to put them in the ccha so they don't have to change anything in two years right it makes sense um i'm not ragging on them i know a lot of people were complaining about chn this weekend because they were not properly or, scoring either tech game from what yeah, i saw. we're all aware that's a data feed problem from the other yep, end yep, not, that, uh... that's a genius <laughs> feed problem that yep. uh, harrison watt has made clear to us that it's more that, especially when the rest, some of the other games are working fine. That that definitely means it's a somebody in Houghton didn't do something right problem. Yeah, and if CHM they didn't have the just... replay system properly working, it makes sense that also something is going on with their street, their feed to to the genius program or whatever the heck it's called. So yeah, I was CHM a little confused eats... on Friday or on Saturday when I checked what should have been about five minutes into the first period and. And it said it was a four-one final. It was a four-one final. I'm like, oh, right, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah last last week in Duluth, it was messed up a bit too. We stopped uh, watching the updates at the deer cabin I was at because it went to two-two uh, pregame, and we're like, oh, the game must be over. It ended, and you know, when it was done or a two-one pregame or something like that. And yeah, it turns but... out we came back and and tied it. So I think it was in the third instead. But yeah, yeah, it's it's a garbage in, garbage out. CHN isn't doing anything to that data whatsoever besides taking it in and displaying it in their format. So if is they it, get crap data, there's nothing to do about it. Yeah. But it, it it all originates at at the arena. So is there is it 
something that somebody at so, tech wasn't inputting information or is it somewhere in between in that process so harrison talks about how if you don't if you click some button wrong on the program that nca uses for all its scoring now um if you don't properly start the game you can input all the data but it's not live for some reason uh so all so they could be doing all the proper work but until they like properly set the game as live it's not being broadcast as a live box score for the ability for chn to use it um so it's it's something on their end and and somebody i saw a graphic that somebody complained about uh one of our recent followers the tech hockey guide their last tweet was complaining to ccha because there's a graphic that misspelled the pietalas on the graphic Oh, really? It had it had a it spelled the name T E L A instead of T I L A, and he was complaining to CCHA, and I was going I was ready to reply, and then I looked at the reply already, and it had been MTU Hockey replying saying, "No, that's our fault. That's not the CCHA. It's just their like people don't understand that the graphic package comes from the CCHA, so it looks consistent yep. across the games." But it's not right. the CCHA that's making the information in the graphic. That's all right. on the schools they're, themselves. They're just well, providing a template for the score bug. They're providing a template for the for everything. That is that is a video complaint. I definitely have. The score bug needs to be pulled up higher, or the camera operators need to be educated that center of frame is really yep. Yep. A, a couple of inches up higher than where it is. Yeah, no, they they need to. So often, I, I've totally cut off. I've we had that discussion with Suzanne last time, and I'll, maybe if we if I get a chance to talk to her this weekend, I'll reiterate that one of the things the cameramen or the camera people need to understand is how big that score bug is. Like they should literally so put a little put piece masking, of masking tape, tape across on their that camera so, or yep, on the, right on across their the viewfinder, so they know that that yep. that part doesn't count. Correct. That's blocked off. It's not a part of frame. Don't yeah. even try to put anything up there because everything on the high board was was cut off. Yeah, and it was super frustrating. But yep. whoever was running the camera on, on this weekend was was definitely new. Uh, there were, yeah, there there's some uh, some work that needs to be done. There, someone needs to go do some IM games for a while and watch their own tape back. <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, I was wondering. I I know that the uh, like the during the game in-game people you know support staff are super busy during the game i mean there's all kinds of stuff going on for the, the you know, people at the athletic department that are supporting it and you know I, i've you're talking about some of the video concerns and uh, i noticed that compared to past years like updates just on twitter were coming much slower like there was maybe one a period compared to previously I'm guessing part of that is maybe whatever third-party app was used to do it isn't available anymore. Well, I don't think it was a a third-party app because previously it looked like they were... Was it coming from an actual Twitter app? Yeah, that somebody was actually writing them as they happened because it would be like, it's two minutes left in the period and score still tied, stuff like that. I'm guessing that part of it is if replay's not working, Cal's trying to help figure out why. So he's distracted from being able to send out those tweets. And, uh, that's, and if that's that continues, guess, yeah. that's something where we need to, you know, step up and give Jay-Z access to THG so we can start doing some of that stuff. Yeah, if, I mean, that's, if it's not happening. That's the point that I was trying to get to. Is that some, you know, I'm not trying to put it back on the people at tech in the athletic department because I know how busy they are. But is that 
a void that we could potentially help fill and and help and yep and part of the problem too is is with jay-z's health stuff going on he wasn't at friday's game uh he won't be at the games this weekend um so you know it's a little different um trying to do that stuff while watching the feed but you know um Mm um and some of it too is we're having all those conversations in discord so it's hard to step back and try and send out the tweet too um but yeah that's definitely something we can try and do discord for me is my uh end of period go bs with people break i i don't watch it during the game at all anymore it's not i try not to but it's hard because then i need to like mute it (laughs) i i literally took my phone off i turned it upside down well i can completely understand that when you're talking about the feed being that far off because i don't want to know about giving up a goal a minute before it happens that just pisses me off i don't mind finding out about a goal we scored a little earlier to make sure that i'm actually paying attention to the tv at that moment um but yeah the other way around i i don't want to know about them screwing up way before it happens yep yeah exactly so i i i, I took my watch off because it'll buzz too right so yeah everything got flipped over there on, on on saturday night are you in the market for insurance have your rates for home auto boat or more been increasing way beyond inflation if so maybe it's time you spoke with aaron piedela and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group, serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and more. Who better to serve you than a former Michigan Tech player? For more information, call 866-511-1069 or go to ArcadiaAgency.com. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Overall, Friday was super disappointing. Saturday was, I think, a glimmer of hope and what the team can be. So, if we keep growing, if from, they had lost, know, if they had lost three to two, but on Friday, but played the way they did Saturday, I would feel a whole lot better about this team. But that second period, giving up a shorthanded goal, looking completely anemic on the power play, um, like giving up a power play goal, a shorty, two regular strength goals, like. It just did not, like, it's not for lack of effort, but they just weren't processing the game fast enough. And that, and that, it, like, obviously it's something they can grow into, but that's, that's way different than the expectation we set when the Swankler news dropped, thinking that this team, you know, not that this team can't grow into a team that could do something, especially when adding Swinkler at the break, uh, but it's going to be a lot harder road to guarantee themselves a chance to get to St. Paul um, with well, the, the way the they're playing. Four, the next four games are huge. I mean, yep. There's no doubt, right? Is there, is there any truth to the rumor that Matt decided not to call into the podcast today because he didn't want to defend his 30-win 
regular season <laughs> prediction. I'm sure he'll no, appreciate give him a break. Not, he's, he's not he's, being he's, able to defend that. He's, he's, taking, he's taking today off because he's going to be responsible for liner notes this week. So he was trying yeah. to balance all of his responsibilities this week since we're a little shorthanded at editor right now. Well, good. Then I'm glad he gets to hear that ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Rob, what what uh, what stuck out for you in a positive light on the weekend? Uh, the the lines on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you know the big scramble. There were players clicking. I mean, like I said, Nordy Nordstrom uh, was yeah, was I wish on I had fire. More Koski... time to dig into the to like the lines and see Koski how Piriti Joe... looks really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Big fan of him so far. I thought Ryman played decent in a, in a, in stretches as well uh where he was decently controlling the puck it it, it was just a much better game than, than Friday night like the Friday night just felt nothing was clicking we couldn't we couldn't pass uh tape to tape passes were behind people instead or in feet instead of uh, ahead of folks you know it just didn't seem like anybody was uh was on their game yet it felt like and I know Alaska hasn't had any any more practice than we have right but it just felt like they were a team that needed some practice yeah, no, I, I, I'm. Uh, Is that true? I don't. I thought the Alaska schools got to start a week early. They do get to start early because of all their travel, right? Mm-hmm. They get a week extra. Well, maybe that is. Uh, that, I, that's I, what you that's, know. Honestly, I don't, I don't know one if it the, matters that much. No, but I don't think so either. <laughs> I, I do think. I really hope the NCA has an honest conversation about this. I doubt they will, but it would be nice to have an honest conversation about the structure of college hockey. With the importance of these games in October, there needs I know to be they've a few weeks I know they've been more lenient on allowing a certain number of coaches to have a certain number of practice time with players, which used to all be captain's practice. But it it just it doesn't really make sense to me that college hockey can't have like two weeks of legit yeah uh, I, I fall practice before they, games can happen. They they allow. They allow football to have spring practice. Why can't you have a two-week <clears> training <throat> camp at the end of August before classes start? Yeah, yeah. there's some, well, that would be great, right? something like that, because then it's not about school, right? It's right. It's about. Uh, uh, it's pretty clear what sports you know drive the rules. I mean, you got eighty-seven yeah. football coaches for yeah. You know, no, I get three that. people at but, each and position, it, and so. it is true that college hockey has the longest season. It starts before college basketball and it ends after, or around the same time, right? Because I guess the um it's a week after yeah yeah so it has the longest season but like it's not i mean with the way things are headed who are we kidding about what this is about and you know they are athletes but it's not like two more weeks of practice you're not talking about two more weeks of travel you're practicing at home so you're yeah, like right. i don't understand yep. the limitation you're putting on um at the beginning here um yeah, allowing allowing that practice to me makes uh, a, a ton of sense. Yeah. Instead, but it is it is what it is, and uh, I think we all know how much the NCAA uh, <laughs> cares about sports that aren't basketball or football. So. Yeah. No, I I one of the things that I liked most about Saturday was not only Joe turning over the lineup so much, but also kind of scrambling all the lines. And yeah. really just being like, you know what? What we've been doing hasn't been working. Let's change it. And I thought that's not something we've seen a ton from Joe. And I think you can really tell in one respect 
that the team has this depth that we maybe haven't had in the past where he has just as much confidence on the guys that hadn't played as the guys who have. And he wasn't afraid to make that change and give it a try. And I, and it, and it paid dividends for him big time. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's a nice luxury to have, and hopefully he continues to have it. And there's not injuries or, you know, cross your fingers. It would be nice to have that the whole year. Yeah. It's, um, and if, and if it, you know, hopefully, you know, part of the problem is going to be like the, if the team's doing well, that stuff is not going to, it's not going to be quite as obvious to him as, you know, who should be not playing. Um, but, you know, hopefully he plays this right and keeps these guys rotating to keep them, uh, or, you know, goes into the weekend, the home weekend with a plan that, Hey, you know, you guys are going to play Friday. You guys are going to play Saturday unless, you know, somebody has somebody in the top nine has a bad weekend kind of thing um, and get everybody opportunities. Um, you know, you've seen a lot of flashes of great play from Koski Purdy, uh, Larry Raymond, uh, Isaac Gordon seems to be finding his feet. Um, yep. uh, you know, I'm really excited for what this team can grow into and you know it's it sucks that so much emphasis of the pairwise is going to be put on these october games because this definitely feels like a team that's going to be playing its best hockey in the second half um as these guys learn to play with each other and and find find their stride but but i i like the team i you know i i think uh jordy's right that a lot of this stuff is correctable and it's not a lack of effort and the leadership's there. It's just a matter of putting putting it on the ice and speeding up those decision making opportunities so that they're they're not waiting till it's too late to decide what they're gonna do with the puck. Uh, we had a lot of that Friday for sure. And hopefully um uh Trevor Russell can find um himself. He's I, I have a feeling on Discord at this point that he is the current um, Chris Leip replacement for our, our Discord. Um, <laughs> and I hope that oh, that can man. subside, but there always has to be somebody uh, that's the, the, the scapegoat, right? I just couldn't believe we had the freaking conversation about why are the Ivies in a poll? <laughs> Again? <laughs> right away, like, boom. I'm just going to start it next year in August. <laughs> like you guys know the ivies are ranked and they haven't even played a game uh -oh. yet yeah that comes up every uh every year okay i'm still alive i saw that dallas scored a touchdown and i had to make sure it wasn't one of the two guys <laughs> that i'm going against i'm i'm still okay um anything else you guys want to talk about what did we miss here kind of touched on all the Stuck around the, around the league stuff. a bit right yeah yeah Dustin, you didn't get a chance much to talk about your thoughts on on Wisconsin and this weekend. What are you What are you thinking? Um, ah, I don't know. I'm I'm not real optimistic. Um, I think that's just maybe that hangover from last weekend. Um, I worry that it's going to take a few weeks to get that gelling to happen, and uh, one thing that I think we know about a Hastings team uh, is they're not going to make it easy, even if it's their 
you know, third series under Hastings, I, I don't think it's going to be easy. Uh, and it, it feels like Wisconsin, it's going to be easier than Minnesota State has been the last few years because there's more opportunity for some of these guys who don't know his system as well to make mistakes. But we've got to take advantage of those when they happen. Yeah, that's true. But also, he's working with some higher end talent than he's had in the past. Some of these guys that have stayed at Wisconsin, you know, they've got some high end talent that gets attracted by Big Ten schools. Um, so sure. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping at this point, you know. My mind is hoping for a split. Um, if they get out of there with a split against a, a Big Ten team, I'll be happy. Um, but not sure if it'll happen, or I might make come down to, you know, a, a Blake game from last year and have him come through and stand on his head for a period where they are disjointed, which which we haven't seen yet this year. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of talent. Wisconsin has 12 draft picks, including Minnesota Wilds first round draft pick yeah. from last year. So, yep. Everybody mm-hmm. else that's, is that's your typical Big Ten, uh, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they're not going to be up to speed on Hastings systems, but some of that they're going to make up with just their pure skill, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's definitely true. And like uh, Jordy said on the show today, like most of these guys come from the u.s development team or the ushl it's not like they're slouches uh, on the recruiting side i mean i guess you know you know one kid here that's a a grad that came straight from medina but that's also not that surprising either um uh so yeah it's just gonna be it's i i'm i'm excited and terrified for this weekend because it it can go so many different ways, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, hopefully the team takes the Saturday results. Uh, you know, like uh, Dirk said on the show today, the shootout didn't mean anything yet; it meant everything uh, because it's just a positive thing for Tech to have won a shootout when they've struggled so much at those, even if it didn't mean anything, and to quote unquote get a win, even if it isn't a pairwise win. It's whether it's real or not, it's still felt by the team that they won that game. They they finished that game strong. Yeah. And uh and Logan gets himself on Sports Center. So it it's really hard to say this early in the season, but it almost feels like it's like a turning point potential series, right? Like it could go two different directions potentially from here. And you know, it's still early, so there's plenty of time to bounce back, but you know, they go out and have a good showing this weekend. I mean the sky's the limit still. It, right. There's really no harm, no foul at this point. Yeah, because it, you haven't, you haven't, you didn't technically lose to Duluth. So you don't lose, or it's not, it's easier to keep that comparison if you do well the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. You have a chance to redeem yourself against Alaska at the GLI. Um, so as long as you come out of this weekend with a split, you're in good shape. Uh, like it's not great, but it's, it's, as long as you don't get swept, you're not in. You're not digging yourself this huge pairwise hole, right? Um, and and uh, much like Michigan Tech, I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin surprises in the Big Ten as this as they grow into Hastings system over the course of this year, and they're you know the Penn State of this season, yeah. finishing third in that conference and doing way better than uh, maybe people really expected, um. 
and any win we get this weekend can really pay dividends later in the pairwise. Um, I know I got yelled at on Twitter um, the first night of hockey by a Providence fan ripping on me for like telling him last year in November that pairwise does matter this early. And I was like, well, it doesn't matter today. There have to be comparisons for pairwise to work. Like you have to play like a handful of teams before it means much of anything. Like I don't put much on pairwise in, in October. I think C, uh, USCHO had Michigan tech 47th in the pairwise right now. That's not, wrong but it doesn't mean a ton until you understand how good the teams are that we actually well, played so far the thing the thing about it is this uh, yeah the fair rights isn't isn't wrong it's volatile in october yeah tech if tech goes into this weekend 47 and somehow sweeps wisconsin they could be 15 at the end of the weekend i mean it's just it's it, it's a jumbled mess yeah but it well, doesn't take it, as long and, as a lot of people say for it to get sorted out no and that's basically November, and then once once Thanksgiving rolls around, it's pretty stable, especially yep. if... And part of that's because good teams find a way to win most of the time. like, And that's going to basically like sort itself out in a couple months here. Yeah. Well, the pairwise doesn't matter right now. These games matter for the pairwise at the end of the year. I think that's the easiest way to sum it up. Yeah. No, that that's true. Is it, um, it's it's still early season chaos where things swing massively and rapidly, but, but these games in the end of the year are the ones that make a big difference. But we're we are also only probably about five weeks away from the pairwise. What it is at that date being a very good predictor of who makes a tournament. Something sure. on the what we what did we figure last year? I don't remember the numbers, but we calculated it out. It it was something like eighty percent of the teams. Eighty percent of the teams in the top twenty make the tournament. As of like November fifteenth, yep, yep. It's it basically needs like six weeks of data, and as long as you, as long as you keep winning at the pace that you won the first six weeks, you're probably going to stay where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and a lot of it is because this entire month is mainly non-conference, and those games play a huge role. And once you get past Thanksgiving, there aren't that many. Um, other than the holiday tournaments. And then now you've got all these independents that are playing. And that's that's why it can be more volatile, I think, uh, now than it was maybe five, six years ago. But it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that if you're in a good shape by Thanksgiving, as long as you don't just suck for a month, you're going to stay competitive and stay in that band. You can, you know, you can play yourself up higher if you just keep winning and go on like a 10 game win streak. But let's be honest, most teams don't do that stuff. It's it's just, you know, you're going to win six of eight games. You're going to keep winning six of eight games if you can keep playing the way you are. And that's what usually happens. And as long as you don't go out and get swept on a weekend, which most good teams don't, unless they're playing another really good team, which doesn't hurt you as much, you're 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 going to figure it out um yeah any anybody jump out well i guess dustin hasn't really watched but even from what we've said who maybe would you are you going to be paying extra attention to rob when we're there in person i want to see costco beardy and watch him closely i think he's one of the most promising ones so far the, yeah, the skill level seems to be really decent there yeah i think for me i'm going to try and pay attention to uh some of the new defensemen and how they're playing um, 
and try and focus on, you know, watching Campbell and uh, Getz and Chase Pietula and uh, Nick Williams if he plays. Uh, but I fully expect a lot of Saturday or a lot of Friday night's lineup to be the same as Friday or this last Saturday. I'm getting all my days mixed up here. I would uh, I would not be surprised by that in any way. Yeah, if if that were the case. The other uh, one that's uh, I think good to watch is Marshall Kevitz as well. Uh, he's oh been yeah, Im- impressive, and he hasn't been. I don't think he's been as bad as maybe we thought. No, he had I, defense. He, his but defensive at the coverage same time, seemed fine when I was watching. Um, he hasn't played a ton, which I think it isn't that surprising either. Um, because it I I do understand that maybe Joe is trying to, like you know, play him into his role as he gets more comfortable with his, his defense. Um, Cause yeah, the last, let's see, where is he? He's averaging less than 14 minutes a game. So that puts him at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven amongst forwards. Um, But I don't know how much of that is. Yeah. But seventh among forwards is a top six forward. When you consider he's not getting PK time, and you said he didn't get any power play time until the last power play on yep. Saturday. So no, that's you're, top you're six. Right. it's top six minutes. Yeah, I think that's true. Where's the, let me go put even strength time. Yeah, he's got the fifth, fifth most minutes for even strength so far. Um, but I do feel like that, I think his playing time has grown over the three games. I think he had less in Duluth. Um which makes some sense. Road game, new guy, you know, try and focus on your, your big hitters, your, your experience more. Um, but yeah, it definitely feels like he's growing into that role and maybe Joe's getting more comfortable with putting him in more situations. Um, like I kind of get that he, like, it makes some sense that he wouldn't be out there three on three because you need to be a two way player in that, that setup. Like you can't overplay offense um without giving up a a, a like a two on one breakaway kind of moment. So that makes some sense there. Um but yeah it the flashes you see from him like I don't really recall the last time I saw a player that 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 was I mean Kukinen I guess but uh like the flashes of offense from from Mercenkevich are are yeah. pretty damn impressive. Like and I think a lot of that just is some time and clicking, you know, they really do think they'll grow into it and we'll, we'll get back to some, some better games in terms of the offensive side of things. Yeah. I tend to agree. Um, so yeah. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Let me see if it'll let me actually share this and, and see if, uh, the, how the video handles. Give you permission. Let's see here. Where's the share button in here. It's on while the, we're, while we're the... waiting since you guys watched some, I noticed on in, on all the line charts so far, none of them have had the the line from last year. The was it Mosley, was it Mosley Pietela Kukinen line? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were spread out a little bit more. Um, Mosley was playing with two freshmen, wasn't he? Or, or uh, Pietela was playing with two freshmen. So yeah, they're trying to spread that experience a little bit. Right, but the line charts don't. You know, it's not the be all end all. I mean, they could have it on yeah, that line sure. chart like that, and they're still playing together. So. From you guys that have watched the games, have they been playing together or have they been playing apart for the most of this year? I don't think they've played together at all. Yeah, I don't think oh. so. Either. Not the okay. three of them. No, it looks like they did some. 
Okay. In this last game, I see 55 seconds of Kukunen, Pietala, Mosley. I don't like that it includes the defensemen here. Make it harder for me to find the right guys. Well, let's see how this how this goes over over the screen share. It's actually sharing. It looks like it is. Yep, I can see. Oh, it's very choppy for us to watch, but yeah, yeah, him doing his little yeah yeah, and he was... just misses the post. That yeah. that little move around the the defenseman there is the only option I got is ten seconds back. So you got, we got to what? Yeah. It's it's just outside the post. It <laughs> looks wonderful. Just I didn't realize he went but around his own legs. I thought he went between his legs watching it live. Yeah. He goes completely around himself, protects the puck, and the defenseman has no idea what the hell's going on and stumbles around the corner. So it's good to, good to watch. I think that was a, a better a better highlight play if he scores than than Logan. Oh yeah, I I think that's a little higher than eighth on uh, Sports Center. If yeah, if, if he actually if scores, that. score there. Yeah, agreed. Um, but yeah, that uh, and he it uh, it does kind of feel like um uh, like Logan, uh, Kyle and Mosley are struggling with not being together. Like I don't think they're playing at the same level that they were when they were on the line. Uh, I'm sure it could be, but I'm I sure also the coaching staff has a reason, you know, has a reason for it. But I feel like at some point you got to just give it a shot, right? Put the three of them together again, and maybe you make a second line of uh, Raymond Kaskapirdi and Marcin Kevich and just see what happens. You know what I mean? Like the screw yeah. screw defense, we're going forward line. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It, yeah, I think I think that. I do understand what you're saying because I, I like it does feel like that's something that Joe maybe should have considered, you know, in the third period on Friday night or Saturday night to try and get the win. Like, why not give them two shifts together to see if they can do it? However, you want to shuffle the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I also think long term, it makes sense to get Kosky Purdy and Raymond with these other talented players to to work on how um like to be on a line with other guys that have very high expectations and and give them opportunities um but i think long term that's going to pay off when isaac gordon and koski purdy and raymond um oh like, yeah for sure like those three guys might like and merson kevich might be actually your best actual true scorers right. on the team so getting them mixed in with with Kyle Kukkonen who has made some beautiful passes and I I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday night but in the discord somebody was like Kukkonen should have like eight assists right now but the the opportunities created weren't finished yeah. um and so keeping keeping Kukkonen on a line um with Logan and some freshmen who can finish it's going to pay dividends eventually and I think that's what Joe's looking at and trying to be because um, if you can get two or three lines that can consistently score, the other team can't match your their best pair and shut down your one scoring line. So I think long term, I think that's a good play, honestly. Yep. OK. Not to say that, like like you said, I think there's very little reason for him not to go there. Yeah. You know, especially when we get into conference play, there's no point in not going there when you need that goal. Because those guys should be whether it's double shifting whoever to to get him on that line and and 
and drop who Raymond or whoever's minutes. Um, sure. but the more experience with those guys that you get with Koski, Purdy, Raymond, and Gordon, the better off this team's going to be in the long run. Mm-hmm. I also say it from the standpoint of I, I think a line like Raymond Koski, Purdy, and Marcin Kevich could score a lot of goals themselves. Uh, there's a lot of talent on that line. Yep. I think the biggest thing right now would be Joe's trust in the defensive side with that group. And yep. as that and as they get more comfortable playing the full 200 feet, maybe you it'll be easier for Joe to feel comfortable making that change. Yeah. Know, I'm sure you're right. November. It's, it's a defense. It's a question of defense more than offense. Yeah. Anything else? We good? No, I'm good. I am good. Well, one minute remaining in the podcast. podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. We've got a bunch of different levels at different price points. Uh, If you sign up, you'll help us out uh, with being able to uh, get our instat information, which costs uh, like four different appendages right now. Um, And then uh, help us out with all the different equipment. I just got a new podcast. mixer so hopefully uh maybe starting next week but probably the week after i'm gonna try to start uh seeing if we can use that uh the pod track to uh play snippets from the radio show on monday mornings uh, for those of you that don't get a chance to listen so we can kind of talk about what was said especially if rob and dustin and matt haven't had a chance to uh listen to the show yet or didn't get the chance to listen live, at least they'll be able to hear what was said. And it's just not just me uh, regurgitating whatever the coaches said, um, especially if I can find some time uh, to cut that up. You can follow us on Twitter at Chasing MacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. Uh, you can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we prefer Spotify since apparently we get the most ad revenue from them. Uh, or wherever you get your podcast, can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. If you give us a five-star rating, Dustin will read the review. Uh, you leave no matter what it says. So let's get some ratings and see what you have to say. Uh, once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental, Rhinelander, uh, Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, Arcadia Insurance, which covers most of the Midwest, uh, and Livonia Technical Services out of Michigan. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at the thank you notes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha